listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm writer, filmmaker, and book devourer, Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, actress, filmmaker, and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about book repair and interviewing author Janelle Milanis. But first... What are you reading, Bria? I just started a book that I pre-ordered because I was so excited about it. Not even from the library, I from am Amazon. I reading a book that I pre-ordered oh, as well. Wow. Uh, mine is True Indie by Don Coscarelli. Oh. So Don Coscarelli made a movie called Phantasm, which I'm a big fan of. He also made a movie called John Dies at the End, mm-hmm. which is more recent and a lot of people know. It went to Sundance. And um, I did a movie with him that he produced, and he's incredible, and I and sort of a hero of mine. And um, he wrote a book, and it starts. I just started it, so it starts the very like in his childhood making indie movies. And his first movie he made when he was eighteen years old for Aww. I think he made it for twenty thousand dollars, which is cheap considering they shot it on film. Yeah. And how he hired all these people who were older than him, and they were all not nice to him because they were like in their 20s and 30s and so yeah it's really it's really great I think it's like a really cool like filmmaker memoir slash like he kind of talks about all the lessons that he learned along the way what's it called true indie true indie mm-hmm. interesting what are you reading Mallory I'm reading a book called Alice Isn't Dead by Joseph Fink uh, most people know Joseph Fink from the Welcome to Night Vale podcast and it's basically a book version of the podcast and the the story is this woman and her wife has gone missing She's been missing for a long time and she gets declared dead and she has like they have a funeral. And one day while she's watching the news, she sees in the crowd of this 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 news story about this disaster. It's like someone was killed or there was a big accident and in the crowd of people looking at the accident is her wife. So she starts looking into her wife's life and discovers that her wife was secretly employed by this trucking company. So she gets a job with the trucking company trying to find out like what was going on with her wife and like all this weird, scary shit starts to happen. These creepy creepy monster people and it's really good it's really weird it's really fantastic so if you like alice isn't dead the podcast obviously this is a good pick for you if you like welcome to night fail if you like horror or any kind of weird stuff it's fantastic i love it so i'm reading alice isn't dead by joseph fink and i'm reading trendy by don coscarelli so we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Liz wrote in, I was listening to the self-care episode earlier today and wanted to share one way I use books for my self-care. I went to a college specifically designed for people with learning differences. It was really great because part of the foundation of every class you took was study skills. They really hammered the idea of active reading to us. If you're not familiar, active reading is basically a way of interacting with what you're reading to make memory recall easier. Hmm. We were really encouraged to highlight and make margin notes in all of our books. Even though I've been out of college for quite a while, now I still do active reading in all my books which makes borrowing from me a nightmare because you have to read through all my highlighting and chicken scratch (laughs) when I'm having a particularly hard day I'll pick up a book that's sparked really positive feelings in me and I'll just flip through stopping every few pages to read what I've highlighted it's nice because I don't have to be as present and engaged as I need to be to read anything new and it feels great to have all those good memories from my past read come back to me that's really interesting active reading yeah never heard of it yeah that's cool we should test that out we should Dion wrote in, your episode on short audio fiction reminded me of how much podfic, that's fan fiction, read aloud, there is out there. Summary, a lot. And the majority is shorter fiction under 30 minutes. There's definitely more for certain fandoms. Harry Potter has hundreds of hours, as does Supernatural, Hockey, yes, the sport, the Marvel movie verse, and plenty of others. But if you want epic-length fiction, woo, there's plenty of that. Plenty of novel-length readings and far greater. The longest podfic I know is a Fallout, that's the video game, slash My Little Pony crossover, Fallout, Equestria, Project Horizons, as read by Visual Pony, which is 
187 hours long. The fic is over twice the length of the Bible. And the best part, all podfic is free. And also the best part, often features queer characters, which is a definite push towards having more queer women, not just men. My brain just exploded. I have never heard of podfic. Uh, we have to investigate this. We really also, do. I'm very curious about follow, little, My Little Pony in the Fallout universe. Do you have 197 hours to spare? Uh... I might have to make it. <laughs> no, so I'm wondering. I come to Mallory's. The- she's like grown a beard listening to this podcast. <laughs> I live in a hole in the woods now. So I'm wondering if it's the ponies in the Fallout universe or the soldiers in the My Little Pony universe. Oh, you play Fallout? No. Oh, you don't. I thought you did. Um, I don't know. Who could say? We're going to find out. Okay. I'm gonna, we're going to do some investigating. Okay. So Jamie wrote in, I really, really wanted to tell you about bookmooch.com. We will put that in the show notes. Uh, it's a book swapping site. As well as listing all the books you want to get rid of, you list all the books you want and get an email when someone is ready to give a copy away. It's not the qu- quickest method to get rid of books, especially if you don't have a lot of money for posting, but it's a great and cheap way to get new books as well. So it's like a... you. Just swap swap your books. Yeah, I went and checked it out. It's pretty, pretty cool. cool. Yeah, it seems really cool. And it seems like there's like a lot of people on there. So, I mean, wow. it's definitely. Yeah. Especially like if you're living in a small town that's not going to buy, buy your book back, books back or something like that. I think that's a, that's a cool idea. That's really cool. So you can always email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And speaking of book notes, we have a quick bookmark. Every once in a while, and by once in a while, I mean at least once a week, <laughs> we get a tweet or an email from someone complaining that we don't list the books that we talk about in every episode. Folks, I've mentioned this before. I spend a really long time doing this every week for every episode. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, it's right underneath the episode. Or for every single episode, if you go to MaximumFun.org, on the episode page under Reading Glasses, there is every single book we a link to every single book we talk about. And it's an indie-bound link. So if you click on it and you end up buying the book, we get some kickback from that. And, it's and a- we're officially an indie-bound affiliate, which is very exciting. I mean, yes. like that's a, that's a new thing for us. So before we did not get kicked back, now we do. (laughs) So it supports indie bookstores. It supports us, but also, you know, we every again every week we get a tweet or an email, someone saying, "Well, you guys talk too fast. I can't. I can't hear what books you're saying." We know that. That's why we make a list of every 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 link we mention. We're aware of how fucking fast we talk. (laughs) Every guest we have, we have their books there. We have their website there. Every uh, our merch, everything we mention. I spend a really long time making a list of. So just go look at our episode page. We're not trying to to um, make it so you all can't hear and uh catch up with the books we're talking about we understand that we're trying to make it easy on you yep. so go check that out well, like just this link i i, I say Links link in the, the notes link in the, in the show notes but um and also i think the maximum fun page is even better because a lot of podcasts don't have a page and we actually have a, a landing page at maximum fun you can go yes. to any episode ever and you can search through and yes so, so before we talk about book repair we're going to take a quick break Since the dawn of time, screenwriters have taken months to craft their stories. But now, three Hollywood professionals shall attempt the impossible. 
break a story in one hour. That's right. Here on Story Break, I, Freddie Wong, Matt Arnold, and Will Campos, the creators behind award-winning shows like Video Game High School, have one hour to turn a humble idea into an awesome movie. Now, an awesome movie starts with an awesome title. I chose The Billionaire's Marriage Valley. Mine was Christmas Pregnant Paradise. (laughs) Okay, next we need a protagonist. So I've heard Wario best described as libertarian, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, every great movie needs a stellar pitch. In order to get to heaven, sometimes you got to raise a little hell. Oh, that's the tagline! <laughs> Check out Story Break every week on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. This week, it's all about book repair. Whether you're a print or ebook reader, there will come a time when you drop a book in the tub, scratch your Kindle screen, can't get the sticker off the back of a hardcover. Maybe you love a book and you've had it for 15 years and it's actually disintegrating in your hands. So I think it only takes 15 years for a book to disintegrate. Oh, not the way I read. (laughs) Much sooner. What are you reading? You're reading with like, just like, like (laughs) knives in your hands? Like what's happening? uh, Listeners can't see, but I'm actually Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> <laughs> we're here to help, folks. Bria, do you have any e-readers that you kept on reading after they were scratched or broken? Yes. So this is actually a little bit of a problem. I read on a Kindle Paperwhite, and I have for a few years. Um, and I have had three, I think, Kindle Paperwhites in the last few years. And wow. they don't mess up. Like, people have told me the screen is sensitive. I've never had the screen break. Not ever. And I, if you've met me, I'm very clumsy. I drop things all the time. <laughs> so I'm surprised it hasn't broken. But the internal computer, whatever that is, the thing, I assume it's like a mouse on a wheel <laughs> and like a man pulling a lever. Like, whatever that internal computer is, like, I break that mouse oh, quite often. That's very sad to I think know. about. Uh, I break one the wheel. So he's still... Down there okay. eating, he's still enjoying <laughs> cheese. He's just getting, he's just relaxing instead of running on the wheel. Um, so at some point, the the um, internal computer will start breaking. And I had one that did this crazy thing where when I would charge it, which you know you only have to charge your Kindle like once every two weeks, maybe. Oh wow. Um, maybe I mean depending on how much you're reading it, maybe. And like if you keep the dimmer down, then it longer. Like, but yeah, one to two weeks, right? Um, uh, I would plug it in. And it would do this thing where it would just go forward from wherever I was reading. So the thing about a Kindle is you never have to put a bookmark in. Yeah. It just saves your where you stopped. But it would, like, move forward and do and open up different books and go forward in them. And it, I could watch it do it on the screen, which was frustrating. But I was like, well, I'm going to keep using it because I'm me. But then at some point it just started going forward while I was reading it. And so then I had to get rid of it. Oh, but I no. kept that thing for a long time. But, yeah, no, it can be a pain in the ass. And I also had a, an iPad for a little bit that that did break eventually. It's like um, a ghost that has inhabited your Kindle, and it's it like, really you're not reading fast enough, Ghosts Bria. Like, uh, was like, I'm really wondering what's happening on page 170. <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> wow, weird. Um, but yeah, so that so I've kept them around for sure. Yeah, I have a bunch of books that are taped or glued together and that have been dropped in things or had things spilled on them. Like, So if I have an emotional attachment to a book, even if it's disintegrating, I will try to save it. I have a copy of The Scarlet Letter that I've had since I was... 15 or 16 and it is held together with elastic bands it is no longer has any binding and i have a reading copy i scarlet letter is one of my favorite books and um so i don't read that anymore but i can't get rid of it even though it's just like a gross stack of paper with a dirt bunch of dirty elastic bands <laughs> with it so i will definitely keep it and i have definitely taped books together dried books off um okay so well since i am an e-reader and you read print books 
we decided to test out different ways to repair things. Yes. So, yeah. Bria, what did you find was the best way to fix a scratch on your Kindle screen? Well, I don't have a scratch on my Kindle screen, so this was hard. <laughs> I, like I said, the paper white doesn't scratch very often. Other people probably have had different experiences, but that's my experience. But I was thinking about iPads. And, like, you know the shiny screen that's on your iPhone or iPad? Yeah. Like, that gets scratched, and I, I've always have a scratch on my phone. I just happen to have gotten a new phone. So I borrowed Sean's phone. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Sean. Sean's Old phone. It's not your current phone. No, because I kept it for a really long time. There's no way. Um, it, and I used this method. But it was a okay. scratched phone. Old phone, but very scratched. I took photos of it. It's over there somewhere. But I took photos of it. It's like, um, I would say it has 10 deep scratches. Jesus. Right? <laughs> I'm just trying to give people an idea. It's. It is uh, category of fucked. That's what Sean says. It is fucked. Did you quit using it because it was so broken? Yeah. Okay. Um, so it was very broken. So I used this method that people said when you take an eraser. Like a pencil eraser. A pencil eraser. And you erase back and forth on. You erase the scratch. And apparently like it's supposed to work on lighter scratches. Okay. Um, so I rubbed. You're supposed to rub for 10 to 15 minutes. So after 10 Wouldn't to 15 minutes. Wouldn't that set it on minutes, fire? <laughs> no. But my hand did get tired. <laughs> Uh, and after 10 to 15 minutes, it did not make any difference. So I don't know. Oh, no. Yeah. But there's it a just, bunch of, if you look it up, there's a bunch of ways you can use toothpaste. You can use. I think these are all for really small cracks. Because the thing is, when you have a small crack, I don't know, is that a big deal? Maybe it bothers some people. I it's think when you get those big cracks that start to mess things up and water can get through it. Yeah. I think the eraser method also does work for a paper white screen, too, because it's like a really light scratch. It said it worked for a, for an iPad and oh, I, interesting. And, and iPhone, and that's what I tried to do. But no, I would say don't bother. Don't bother with that. If you have a scratched screen, just go to one of those places that replaces your screen and do it before you get water in there because I've done it after I've got water in there, and they're like, we won't replace it because it has water damage. Oh, no. Yeah, they're very rude about it. <laughs> what are they? They're judgy. Just try. What are you doing with this phone, Bria Grant? I, I, I broke it and then walked in the rain or it was in the bathroom or who knows what happened. I don't know. I'm really hard on my Who can say? My, my things. Uh, okay, so what about you? You had a much more um, drawn out experience than I did. I So I tried a few different things. The first way, uh, so something that people, uh, print readers are constantly complaining about is how to get the stickers off of books. Because yes. for some, there's a lot of, bookstores out in their world they all use different types of stickers but the one thing they seem to have in common is they're fucking difficult to get off <laughs> everyone there's a like a manufacturer and they're like we make the hardest to peel off stickers <laughs> ever this will no only come off in tiny chunks <laughs> and it's underneath your fingernails yes every once in a while you'll get one that's like plasticky and it comes off in one swipe and you're like oh yeah that's fantastic but more often than not it's like a papery one and, and you're you talking on the back of a hardback or a on, or a paperback both either i tested both Great. So what I did, so I tested out a bunch of things, um, and yes, uh, we, I posted it on our Reading Glasses Instagram, and a bunch of people were like, there's this specific product that you can use, but I'm a cheap bitch. So is it Gugon? Yes, you can, there is, there's two different products you can buy, one called Gugon and one called Undo, but if you're broke or just looking for things, there are many household items that you can try out that you don't have to spend money on except for when you go grocery shopping to buy them anyways. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I got really mad at this experiment because the very first thing that I tried worked the absolute best and then I had to put a bunch of gross shit on my books and they didn't even work as well. No. So I'm going to work backwards from the least effective to most effective. Um, so the first thing is rubbing alcohol. So walk me through this. You have a book. There's a sticker on the back. It's, it's 
you've pulled off the sticker already or and there's sticky I, stuff left? I tried it both ways. Okay. I left the whole sticker on and then I partial I peeled it off. And you know when you like peel some of it off and there's like half of the stickers left and then like some yeah. of the sticky stuff and then it gets covered in cat hair like people, if you're me. <laughs> and people are like, I can tell you spent five dollars and something on that book, yes. but we don't know what. Like it's like yes. yes. Okay, got it. Uh, so the first thing I tried was rubbing alcohol, and this one I gave a four out of ten. It got a little bit of the sticker off and some of the stickiness, but I had to work really, really hard, and most of the residue was still there. Like how long did you rub it for? Uh, about a minute, okay. a few minutes, okay. and um, so I tried the whole sticker that didn't took a little bit of it off, and then I tried um, part just like a, a a book that had some of the residue, and. Warning, with all of the, these method folks, you have to be very gentle because it's still paper. So yeah. the first one, I was like, oh, it's not coming off. I'll just work really, really hard. And I put a hole in my book. Yeah, I was going to say, with that, like a uh, paperback, that would could put a hole Oh, in. this was a hardcover. And it was the book jacket. Oof. Went And I couldn't tell because it was a white book jacket on top of a <laughs> white book cover. And I was <laughs> like, man, this is taking forever. And I realized I rubbed part of the book jacket away. Wow. So be gentle okay. with all these. So yeah, four out of ten. Um, then I tried nail polish remover. It was the same thing. It w- it really, it just got a little bit of the stickiness off. Just a little bit of the sticker. Not really worth the effort. Which is basically alcohol anyway. Yeah. Alcohol. I mean, I don't know. Um, then I tried mayonnaise. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> no! Oh, don't this, put mayonnaise on your books. This is a 365 Whole, whole Foods brand for those who are uh-huh. in, who are interested. And I did a whole sticker and um, partial sticker. And I got really mad. Someone on the internet, I want to kick in the shins because someone on the internet was like, oh, yeah, try mayonnaise. You put it on, you leave it for five minutes, and you'll be so surprised. And, folks, the surprise is the sticker is still there after <laughs> the five minutes. <laughs> so, uh I will give it about a 7 out of 10. It didn't take the sticker off at all, but when I ripped the sticker off, it did get the sticky residue off after I rubbed it for a few minutes. It required a lot of elbow grease, a lot of rubbing. And then the problem is afterwards, it made the book smell like mayonnaise. So I had to wash the back of the book. Thought you were and all of my sandwich. cats were like, are you making a sandwich? <laughs> Very excited. So I had to wash the back cover. Wait, I have a question. I, I have a lot of questions. But mostly, like, do you think it's because mayonnaise is just Oily. oil and eggs, right? So could you just have easily abused an olive oil? Surprise. That's the next thing oh, I tried. Okay, sorry. I didn't read ahead. <laughs> no, good. This is a surprise for you. So I tried just straight up olive oil. And this was basically just like a better version of the mayonnaise. I would give this an 8 out of 10. It didn't get the whole sticker off, but it did get the residue off very quickly. It didn't smell like mayonnaise, and I didn't have to wash it afterwards, so 8 out of 10. But the hands down, easiest, best, fastest thing ever was a baby wipe. The baby wipe took the whole sticker off, all the residue off in one go with the least amount of effort. Didn't smell like mayonnaise. But you can't put a baby wipe on a sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) Can't eat a baby wipe. So it was pretty cheap, very easy, 10 out of 10. I was completely surprised. Wow. I left the whole sticker on and I just used the baby wipe and it just came off completely with no residue. I was, and it was, this was just like a regular baby wipe. It's like slash makeup wipe. Okay, do it from do best to worst, top to bottom, uh, top to bottom. Cause, like, let's so, do a recap. So it was rubbing alcohol, nail polish remover. This is worst, worst. Then okay. mayonnaise, medium, medium. Okay. If you're desperate, <laughs> if you were like in a cabin somewhere and you just bought, you're on vacation and you bought a book and you took the sticker off and it's getting all sticky and all and you're it's sticking to things that is driving you crazy and you have some mayonnaise to make your delicious cabin foods with 
<laughs> what are you making? Potato <laughs> salad. That's yeah. what you eat when you're on a vacation. A potato salad, right? a tuna salad, you just macaroni, eat, all the salads. All the mayonnaise salads. Okay. And you have some mayonnaise and some paper towel. And also, I used a paper towel with all of this stuff. Okay. So sure. maybe your results may vary if you use a rag or sure. if you're really wild and crazy, bare hand. <laughs> Disgusting. And then top level. Uh, and then olive oil. Oh, olive oil is like uh, almost top level. Yeah. And then best one, baby wipes. But do you just like olive oil better because it's less gross? Yes, uh, that uh, was a big part of it. Okay, it was just like less. It nasty. was very painful for me to rub mayonnaise into one of my books. Well, yeah, I could only imagine. Did yep. it? But it only just smelled imagine. like mayonnaise. Don't, it, yes. I don't hate the smell of mayonnaise though. You will after you okay. do this. Okay. After you've rubbed it into a book for five minutes, <laughs> yes, you will hate the smell of mayonnaise. I can't believe you rubbed mayonnaise on a book. Uh, that's how dedicated I am to, the, to reading glasses. <laughs> uh, so also. Or so, what do you do if you drop your Kindle in water? Yes. Um. So I have used this not on a Kindle, but I have used it uh, on an iPhone. So the have rice I. trick. The rice trick. Yeah. Yeah. Which is that you um get a bag of uncooked rice, not not cooked rice, cooked rice, and you be put very it bad. in there, and it and and you seal, seal it. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it absorbs the moisture. And, and t- yeah, it takes like a day or two. Yeah, you don't have access to that thing for a moment. No, you can't be like using it while it's in the bag. Actually, now that I say that, maybe I didn't use it. Maybe one of my roommates used it one time, used that, and I remember they were using my rice, and I was like, "Can I use the rice after this?" I wouldn't. Why? You think there's like electrolytes in it? I mean, not electrolytes. I mean, like uh, electricity. Although electrolytes would be good. Phones right? are dirty. Phones are dirty. You're right. Our phones. You know like, how I'm a are they really like covered in feces or something? And we just don't they're know? pretty dirty. Yeah. I I I hand sanitize my phone every few days. <gasps> that doesn't mess up the screen. No, because I, I I don't like soak it in there, but I just wipe it with the hands. Yeah. With the what? With hand sanitizer. I put it all over my hands and then wipe my phone and then rub it with a towel. Wow. I don't like germs. No. You know this. Yes. Bria loves germs. I don't believe in germs. So. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a different podcast. <laughs> Bria versus germs. Yeah. And you know what? Who's winning? Me. <laughs> I win every day against germs in my battle against germs. <laughs> Believing in germs. I'm basically a flat earther for germs. <laughs> flat germs. <laughs> Uh, so if you drop your paper book in the tub, and this is hardcover or paper bag, uh, the best way to do it is, one, you have to be very gentle with it. Like, don't wipe it hard because the paper will rip. The best way to do it is gently wipe off the excess water, let it drip off with a paper towel, leave it standing up and open with paper towels in between all the papers, and when it's dry, you leave it covered in something heavy for a few days or it'll, like... It looks like an old-timey book. Yes. That, you know, was found, like, will give you a map to a treasure island. Well, I was going to make the joke because you do all that shit and it'll still never be the same. But you're, is that what the, the key is? Once it's dried, you, yeah, have, to, you like, have to press you it. You have to press it like a, like an Eat. old flower in third grade. Yes. A wildflower in third grade. <laughs> but even then, it's still going to, like, you can still tell, but it'll definitely be readable. But it's yeah. it's saved. You don't have to, like, go, oh, no, I dropped my book. But you won't be able to read it for a few days, so go check it check it out from the library. But it is definitely savable. Yeah, that's good to know. But you know, put it, and if you don't put a the paper full towels, immersion, you think full immersion. Okay. Yeah, if you put the um, paper towels in between the pages, then they won't get stuck together. Mm. Um, but it's savable. Okay. You can save those books, folks. Where you he, can save. We did all these horrible books. things to, to help you out. And you just don't want them to start smelling moldy or mayonnaisey. That's the key. Yeah. The key to books is don't have them smell. Yeah, and you can well, you can also use a hair dryer a little bit too, but um, that will definitely make the pages because if it dries really quickly like that, it'll get all wavy. Yeah, and also probably could catch fire. Yeah, don't do it too close. Yeah, yeah. So safety first, Heat, folks. Paper. This is like our MythBusters episode. Yeah. 
Don't set anything on fire. So send you, you can send your book repair tips or weird stories to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And before we talk to Janelle Milanes, we're going to take a quick break. How does this sound? A weekend on a beautiful mountaintop in California. You wake up, eat a tasty meal with some new friends, some old friends, maybe the hosts of your favorite podcasts. After that, it's a couple of inspiring classes, spectacular podcast tapings, a hilarious stand-up showcase, a dance party, and more. And s'mores! All of this can be yours at Max VonCon, returning to Lake Arrowhead next June. Tickets go on sale Friday, November 23rd. Put that on your calendar because Max VonCon tickets always sell out. Get a head start planning your next summer vacation and go to maxfuncon.com to learn more. So here we are with author Janelle Milanis. Janelle, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. What are you reading right now? Uh, So I'm reading, since I'm a YA author, I kind of read a lot of YA and adult. I try to do both. Um, so in the YA department, I'm reading uh, What If It's Us by Adam Silvera and Becky, I think it's Albertali. I'm not really sure how to say her last name, um, which is a really fun, voicey romance. And uh, I'm also reading Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat, which is kind of a cookbook slash, I don't know, instructional how to, how does cooking work? How does food react to different facets and components of cooking so that's kind of what I'm into at the moment oh that show just came out on Netflix yes that's actually what sparked my interest in it oh I'm gonna have to read that so speaking of books can you tell us about your new book sure um so my book is a young adult contemporary it's about a girl named Anali Echevarria who is dealing with social anxiety which has worsened since her mother's death three years prior to the story taking place so in the midst of all this um she and her best friend have drifted apart. Her dad is marrying this Gwyneth Paltrow-esque yogi that she can't stand. And to kind of cope with everything going on in her life, she spends most of her time actually avoiding it by role-playing online and pining over her uh, online partner in crime, Harris, who is a boy she's never actually met in person. Um, and then the catalyst of the book kind of happens when she's uh, pulled out of her, heart, her uh, comfort zone, this high school heartthrob named Sebastian, asked her to pose as his girlfriend. So it has this fun fake dating trope that I tend to enjoy and a lot of other readers like. Um, And this is all in an attempt to make his ex-girlfriend jealous. And she agrees to take part in this because she could use some practice connecting with people in real life. And she's hoping that with his help, she can uh, win the affections of her online friend Harris and kind of maybe uh, win her best friend back and you know, immerse herself more in reality. Uh, but the more that they fake the relationship, it kind of blurs the line between reality and fiction. And she realizes she can't hide from her emotions any longer. And that's when kind of the juice of the story begins to happen. So good. And we talk a lot about anxiety on this show, listeners, as you know. Mm-hmm. So if anyone is interested, they can check it out now. It was out uh, September 18th. So this episode is all about repairing books. Janelle, have you ever read a book and loved it so much that it just fell apart? This has happened to me multiple times, actually. Um, It happens a lot more when I was younger because I would read these, you know, those flimsy paperbacks that couldn't really withstand a lot. So 
particularly I read a lot of uh, The Babysitter's Club when I was younger, and those would just fall apart within a few readings. And I tended, even though there are, I think, like 200 or more books in the series, I tend to reread the same books over and over again. Um, so yeah, those were often, I still have some of them in my garage at home and the covers are gone and some of them are just kind of taped together in a messy way. But yeah, I, that definitely happened to me a lot. And then lately I've been reading more eBooks so, uh, I can reread to my heart's content and I don't have to worry about that as much. <laughs> That's definitely a point for in the ebook column. So yes. with physical books, do you have a protocol when you, when a book falls apart, do you buy a new copy of it? Like you said, you taped it all together. Is there like yeah. a specific uh, a protocol you use? I, well, I'm a very cheap person, so I don't usually buy a new copy. I should probably, but, um, <laughs> I end up kind of just scotch taping it back together. Um, and I, I actually worked as a teacher and a librarian in the past, and I would often use like packing tape or a sturdier kind of tape to put the back books back together to the point where my principal was like, just order a different, like order another book. And I'm like, I guess I could. So that was always my resort was using tape. Well, it's hard to part with a book that you already have an emotional connection with. I know. I didn't want to let it go, I guess. So you are also an e-reader. Have you ever broken or scratched an e-reader and had to fix it? Uh, yeah, I just I guess unexplainable things happen to my e-readers and they just oh, stop no. working. And I have like this drawer in my nightstand, which is just like a graveyard of e-readers. And I'm not I don't even bother fixing them. I just kind of wait a certain amount of time and then I just buy a new one. Um so yeah, I, I've definitely broken my share of e-readers. And then my last resort, if they're broken, is to just read on my phone. I use like the Kindle app on my phone, uh, which isn't the most, you know, it's not the easiest thing to read, but that's kind of my last resort. I love the idea of you having a graveyard of Kindles <laughs> in your drawer. Just taking up space for no reason. <laughs> You're like, oh, I read, I read, I have an e-reader to save space except for all these e-readers that I have. <laughs> I know it's very ironic. So yeah, I just can't part with old destroyed books or e-readers apparently. So besides not saving all your e-readers, do you have any other reading quirks? Tell us about your reading life. Uh, I have this weird thing. It's it's a reading and television quirk, I guess. Whenever I'm about to eat something, even if it's a snack, I need to either have a book in my hand or I need to be watching something on TV. Um, more often than not, it's a book, but it's to the point where it's gone to extreme levels and like I'll set up my snack at the coffee table and before I take my first bite, I have to have my book in the right section and I have to start reading before I even begin to eat. And now I, I have to actually break myself off this habit because I have a daughter now and I feel like we have to eat together as a family and actually converse and I should probably, you know, be a human and not this, I don't know. I, I don't really know why I got this habit. I started, I think, in elementary school and I started reading at lunchtime in the cafeteria. And then it, maybe it's a comfort thing, but that's kind of my weird quirk. I think it's a great reversal of the uh, parents yelling at their kids to not eat at the dinner table, but it's the parent eating at the or reading at the dinner <laughs> yes. table and the kids are like, mom, eat with me. I know. I'm going to be a total hypocrite. She's Right now she's a baby, so she doesn't know what's going on, but <laughs> I'm like, I have to actually... 
do something about this. Oh, that's so funny. Do you have? I, I, I'm very sad that my co. It's just me today because my co-host is the queen of snacks. Do you have um, a particular reading snack that's your favorite? Yes, uh, I have uh, slices of apples with peanut butter. So I have to nice. slice the apple up completely and have my peanut butter set before with my book open, and then I can oh, get that, going. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, do you have a particular book that you love to give to people? Uh, I really, I think it depends on the person. I I do like to play matchmaker between books and people. So I don't have one book in particular, but um, it depends on the person. Like my mom, I tend to give her like Leanne Moriarty. Uh, my sister likes to collect different editions of Pride and Prejudice. So I'll look, you know, if I see this version of Pride and Prejudice that has a really pretty cover at a bookstore, like I'll, I'll get that for her. My husband's really into horror and Stephen King. So if they have special editions of that, I'll get that for him. Um, so yeah, if I'm going to give someone a book, I try to make sure it's something that they're going to enjoy. Awesome. That's the, you're the perfect type of book gift giver. <laughs> yeah. So Janelle, where can we find you online? Where can we buy your book? Um, you can find me at www.janellemilanis.com. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at Janelle Milanis. And uh, you can buy my book basically anywhere, IndieBound, uh, Amazon, all the major booksellers. Awesome. Janelle, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Now it's time to solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Quisty writes, I just finished an amazing book, but the ending was really intense and it's left me all sad and heavy and I don't know what to do with myself until bedtime. Watching TV or playing a game feels like too soon, you know? What do y'all do in this situation? Bria, what do you do? I know this feeling and I think Mallory and I, we probably have the same opinion, which is that you got to get back on that reading horse. Yes, that big horse made out of a book. <laughs> it's just a bunch of books or is it one giant book? I think book it's one big giant book. That's been cut in the shape of a horse. No, it's just a big book. But with reins on it. Ooh. But I will write. This is like, and this is your Falcor. This is if I. This is when I die and become a book Valkyrie. Oh, nice. (laughs) Um, I would just say go for something light. You know, a comic book that people say is fun, not a dark comic book. Don't go read. You know. There's some really dark ones out there. Um, or maybe like reading a, We Three by Grant Morrison. Right, yeah. Be careful about that. But, um, but you know, that, maybe a middle grade book. I would suggest YA, but a lot of YA is actually quite dark. Yeah, so. middle grade for sure on this. Also, it's okay to do something else for a bed, before bed for a little while. Um, you can watch endless episodes of Parks and Recreation. That's something I do when I can't go to sleep. You can, whatever your thing is, totally feel free to do that if you need a little bit of a break. Because I think the thing is that we don't talk about too often is that sometimes we do need to do a little bit of mourning for the characters that we're reading about. Oh, 100%. Because you get involved in their lives and it, and you start to feel bad for them or you feel bad about what's happening to them and you get so emotionally invested that it's okay to take a moment and like mourn for them before you move on to another book. It's okay to go and watch, you know... 30 Rock on repeat. That's another one I do. Uh, telling people all my secrets. Um, you know, on repeat until until you feel a little bit better. Like, I think allowing yourself, like, be like, oh, I think I'm just mourning for these people and all the things that happened to them. Yeah, and that's okay. People or creatures or whatever you're reading about. Yeah. I wish they had told us what book it was. Yeah. Um, what about you, Mallory? What do you think? Uh, so, and when this happens to me, and I'm assuming they're talking about a novel, I go for a really fun nonfiction book. Uh, a great way to distract myself from missing characters or thinking about something that's like 
and intense or sad or really fucked up or all three is to just read or listen to a bunch of cool facts about history or science. It's I think it's distracting and soothing at the same time while also not feeling like I have to get to new characters or new world. Like sometimes you're just not ready to meet a new character because you're like, my heart can't take it. Mm -hmm. So I love really fun nonfiction. Uh, so if you've got a fun book in your TBR list that you've been meaning to get to for a while, like now is the time, like a Mary Roach, um, uh, Caitlin Doty, mm -hmm. uh, Cy Montgomery. There's a lot of like really fun books that you can learn some facts and it's like nice and light. I okay. like that you named a book about death that you're like, it's so nice and light. Okay. Ka Caitlin Doty's book. Okay, maybe, maybe if you're fun for, what's a book that's fun for a not goth person? <laughs> I think Mary Roach count, counts as um, that. Mary, yeah, Mary Roach definitely counts. Something like that. Uh, after I read Paul Tremblay's The Cabinet at the End of the World, the ending really fucked me up. Yeah. So afterwards, I read a book of cocktail recipes. I was reading, but it was like just recipes and booze facts, and it was exactly what I needed to come down from that experience. Just like read about booze and like interesting cocktails that I want to make it. It was perfect. So I was like, because, you know, you still want to read, but you're just like not fucking ready. Yeah, I understand. It's a, it's a tough one. Yeah, it's a, and like like Bria said, I think the main thing is to is to remember that it's okay to feel like that. Mm -hmm. You don't have to j immediately jump into another book. Like you can give yourself space to be sad. Mm -hmm. So if you want us to solve your reader problem, send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank Danielle and Kathy who run our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. And remember that you can buy reading glasses, tote bags and shirts and bookmarks in the Maximum Fun store. This link is in the show notes that we talked about earlier that are very important. Um, so if you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It's really great for us and helps us reach more readers. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast. And you can always follow along on our book adventures using the journal hashtag reading glasses podcast thanks for listening and thanks, thanks for, for reading. reading this house was made for someone without a soul so i guess it makes sense that my mother wanted it so badly opening lines of the cheerleaders by kara thomas maximumfun.org comedy and culture artist owned listener supported